have summoned you here for a purpose. Transformyourgame.net Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back. Uh, this is the second part of episode four for the Transform Your Game podcast. I, as always, am your host and moderator, Richard. I'm joined by my three bright and benevolent co-hosts, Kent, Kai, and Joel. Say hi, guys. What's up? Hey. Hey there. Uh, whether you're listening to us on YouTube or SoundCloud, we appreciate you joining us today. Uh, real quickly, we'd like to remind you about a few things. <clears throat> Uh, first is the Hunterbert Memorial Open, the weekend of March the 28th. They're up in the Dallas area. They've got a Transformers TCG tournament this year in addition to the normal Magic events they host there. So come out and support Raising Suicide Awareness while playing some fun tournament-level TFTCG. Second is the Gaming vs. Cancer uh, like multi-game event going on in Southampton uh, March the 21st. A correction from the first part of the podcast. Uh, you should really try and make it out there if you're in the area. It's a great cause, and they've got tons of stuff going on. You can check out their Facebook page if you're curious as to what all that is. I'm sure we can include a link in the description of the video. Uh, and lastly is that we are officially taking submissions for regional tournaments to be counted toward the TransformYourGame.net Player of the Year race. You can follow the instructions from the article we've posted just recently on our site and send your submissions in uh, either through the contact us portion of that site or by email to transformyourgame.net at gmail.com. With that taken care of, we're here with the remainder of the spoilers from the week preceding March the 10th. Fellas, while you wait for each other and also for the audience to pull up spoilers if they'd like to follow along, what's the first deck you plan to explore once Wave 5 releases, given the stuff we know now? For me, it's definitely Windsweeper. Um, trying to find a build that really works for him. Not only do I just love planes, um, I'm actually a big fan of that character, even though he's a really, really minor character. And the fact that they did his art so just rocking cool uh, makes me want to play him even more. I love the idea of moving damage counters to my opponent so yeah uh, i'm personally actually looking to revisiting a major shockwave Shockwaves! what is your command megatron i've been uh theory crafting a few th- ideas and based on what we have right now i think there i might have something for me i i i really would like to uh like to use fangry and a lot of bold <laughs> and uh deal a lot of damage to people i think i was sending you all some some deck ideas earlier about uh, a million bold on like turn two or something like that. So that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know if it's the it's the most <laughs> tournament worthy deck, but if you can flip almost your whole deck over on turn two, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I think it should be. Um, for me, I'm just you know I, I think we've gotten so many spoilers since the time that this guy got revealed that uh, like people kind of somehow forgotten a little bit about Perceptor. But like just experimenting with different Perceptor shells, um, him alongside Sky Shadow, him alongside the Airstrike Patrol, him alongside other patrols. I just think that character is so good, and I do love so very much to draw cards. Um, so I, I'm really excited to try and play with him and see if we can't um, prove that Dan Arnold's uh, Invitational card is busted. It is. It's busted. <laughs> Call it in. All right, all right, all right. Um, so I think uh, now that now that we've wholly given the viewers enough time to pull this up, we should dive into the other stratagems. Don't you guys think? Cool. Joel? 
Yeah, let's start with Master Converter. That's the new stratagem for Blitzwing from Wave 2. It says, while your Blitzwing Relentless Foe is in either alt mode, he has the tank and plunderers. Um, not, I'm not super interested in this card. I'm sorry, Blitzwing wasn't good, and this really isn't going to make him any better. Yeah, I um, I w- I expressed uh, some hope. We were talking about the failed stratagems for Windblade and for Springer in Camion Toughness and uh, Better Things to Do Than Die. Um, Matt, you know, I was like, maybe the third one will be playable. Maybe it'll be really good. Uh, and Master Converter is just, unfortunately for me, I think it's another. It's another almost, right? Like, I think all of those stratagems, they're just missing, like, a slight bump in power level to really make them, like, playable and the super rares that they were supposed to accompany, like, truly playable. I think this only answers part of the problem with Blitzwing. I think he had multiple problems. I think this only partially answers one of them. I do think that, like, it's kind of cute that you can play Blitzwing with a two-pronged attack in the same way that you... There's going to be too many tactics, but I think Star is to pay for getting what you're getting, um, unfortunately. This really isn't my favorite. Um, I'm I'm just kind of bummed at this one, too, because Blitzwing is such a cool character. Yeah, for me so far, I wish they would have combined all the stratagems that help the Wave 2 SRTs all into one of them. <laughs> Give the the healing or repair, so to speak, uh, to everyone when they transform. Give the plus one, plus one to each one of them that Camion Toughness does. And then let them have the traits of their other modes. I mean, literally, you would have to do that for any of them to be playable at, at a competitive level. I think giving all of that may actually be a little too good for one star. Yeah. Personally. Nah, let's do it. I, I want to see them. I want to see them in competitive tournaments, and just I think even if you you know if you gave Blitzwing plus one plus one and repair every time he switches modes, I still don't know that that card's playable. Like maybe. I mean, I I think for me, I actually like this um stratagem because of the deck that we've already mentioned three times in this in this podcast series and have yet to gone into much elaboration on the essence of the secret doctrine has always been there with that deck it was always just weird attacking in tank mode and not getting the heal off slipstream or just it, it was it made it more awkward so this will make it more smooth and it was missing a star anyway and i didn't really want to play energized field so I'm more interested than everyone, but I do realize that this is not what anyone other than me is looking for. So, You should uh, definitely put that uh, list in our Google Drive, though. Um, I'm waiting for more Blue Blacks. That's All it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our own spoiler uh, is the only other um, stratagem to be talked about from this week, which is Bite Gang. Um, and we delved into this in – Pretty specific detail in, in our spoiler article on transformyourgame.net. You can go ahead and read it there if you want to. Um, I recommend going there for other website, other uh, articles and strategy pieces as well. But this one needs you to play uh, Chromia Special Ops from Wave 1, one star. And it says when one of your motorcycles attacks while you have Chromia Special Ops on the battlefield and you flip at least white-white, that motorcycle gets plus two attack until end of battle. Um, so functionally what it ends up doing is it's kind of like a – a slightly weaker version of the ability on Raider Tailwind that he does for the Airstrike Patrol. 
uh, which is a really powerful ability. I think we can all agree on that. With uh, just a slightly different de deck construction, I think this is the kind of thing that like really you want more motorcycles to be printed in the game for it to be like uh, something you consider at a competitive level. But that said, you know, I still think it is miles and miles better than pop-up attack. Yeah, absolutely. I think at some point, probably not anytime soon, but with cards like Bike Gang and Papa Wheelie favoring the white pips, we may see white become a color all by itself, maybe reserved just for that tribe. Once we see Rekgar and the Junkions printed because they are motorcycles as well, this may get some more love too. Side, side note real quick. Uh, Ken, do you think that Rekgar could be a motorcycle in both modes? It'd be cool if he was. Because doesn't he pop up like his top half on top of the motorcycle as the rider? Uh, no, no. Oh. What you may be thinking of is in the Transformers movie, there's a rider of the motorcycle that's a Junkion, and then there's the motorcycle itself, which is a Junkion. And every time oh. one of them gets damaged, they both just flip to the other mode. It, so the motorcycle becomes the rider and the rider becomes the motorcycle. Lore-wise, they have a regenerative thing when they're in the opposite mode like that. So then when they get knocked down again, they just flip over again. And it's this continuous thing. So it's this like unstoppable army. I would love to see something with them whenever they're released where it's almost like run amok and run about. When you transform one, the other one transforms too. Only it's into the opposite mode. Would be really cool. Does anyone else have anything else to say about this one? Or do you think that people should go uh, read the article instead? Check out our article. Yeah, check out the article. I'm going I'm to reserve judgment on this card until future sets are released because uh, there's not a whole lot of motorcycles right now. But in the future, there might be. The only, I think the biggest downside of this card is that they have to attack in motorcycle mode. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Cool. Well, the first battle card we're going to talk about is Counter Espionage, and oh boy, I am in love with this card. It is a rare, a black pip, and a green pip. It's an action. Name an action. Then look at your opponent's hand in each face-down enemy secret action. Your opponent scraps each card from among them with that name. Oh my god, this card is awesome. If you remember Cabal Therapy from Magic way back, and I mean like 15 years ago, that far back, this is very similar. The only difference is you can pick this card up at will and use it because of the green pip and being able to get rid of your opponent's secret actions. That, that is just invaluable. Like, hey, you know they're only running Sabotage Armaments in their deck, and you just threw an Energon Axe or Grenade Launcher on your guy, and you're about to try and swing for the fence, or you're playing, but they've got a secret action down, you know exactly what it is, and you're like, yeah, get rid of it. Against some kind of control deck, and you really don't want them to have this certain card, or even against a combo deck, um, you don't want them to have a certain action. Bye-bye. It's gone. This is going to be a very skill-testing card for a lot of people. Here's a test, surprising in its ability to trip us up. You're going to have to know your matchups really, really well and be able to play this at its full potential. Yeah, and uh, if you are, if you do feel that this card is going to be um, really prevalent, which I, I would say that we're all pretty much on that side that it will be prevalent, um, 
then you're going to have to start mixing up your secret actions because this card not only hits secret or the face-down secret actions, it hits any in your hand as well, and it scraps every single one. So if you have two sabotages, one in set and one in hand, yeah, just, just say goodbye to them. So yeah. you, you will have to start mixing up your secret actions. You can't just play three Heidi Fort and three Sabotage. I think this card's biggest application is going to be in getting rid of your opponent's green pip cards if they just picked up on the attack that you know is going to be a problem card and you can get rid of it. You can pick this card up anytime you want. Hey, we just we just had combat and you and you attacked and you flipped these cards and you picked up this green pip and well, I'm going to pick up my counter espionage also and I'm going to make you get rid of it. So, I think that's that's where it's most useful. Uh, a lot of other times you're just going to be guessing or you would save it for the final most important turn. Hey, if you don't have this this time as your secret action, then I'm going to win anyway, no matter what. Well, that's plenty wise. We know what we're holding, and we know what you're holding. So I'll say this secret action, and you have it, you don't have it, it doesn't matter. So I actually have a funny story about that. Um, we were playtesting uh, this Monday, this past Monday, yesterday, and um, Damien, one of the guys, one of our local guys, he was playing Overwhelming Advantage, and he played his counter-espionage calling my counter-espionage so he could play Overwhelming Advantage <laughs> next turn. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't have it in hand, but it was it was very funny. That, that was what it went down to. That would be amazing. That's so dope. Oh, man. Um, I, I really like this card. <clears throat> I really love black – or sorry, I really love green pips. Um, they're just – the power of them is so understated, right? Like I know that when Wave 2 was out, like people originally started with like three espionages in their deck and eventually trimmed the numbers down to something like one. I wouldn't be surprised to see a similar pattern with this card here. People start with maybe a higher number or something like two and then eventually cut it down to one because I think it has enough broad applications uh, that you can totally main deck a copy of this card and it be completely defensible in my opinion. I think that there are certain decks that just like straight up fold – to opposing sabotage. If you have, um, uh, in particular, like battle masters, like those those in particular struggle so heavily against sabotage armaments, and the ability to get rid of them is really powerful. I also think that you can do something like, uh, you know, the Galaxy Prime decks that were very popular in Wave Four. The only card that was truly against them if they did their thing successfully was Disarm. And I think the fact that you can name a card that isn't a secret action with counter-espionage gives it just like infinitely more utility. Um, people, if you ever act, when you hit a card and you're trading one for one with counter-espionage, you're already basically up some extra amount of cards because of the information you've gained by looking at your opponent's hand. Or if you're looking at a secret action, even if you didn't name that secret action, you can look at it and then try to play around that card. I think that there is so much use here. There's so much power. It's it's versatile. This card's going to see play. I'm pumped. So the next card that we have is Conversion Expertise. It's a white pip upgrade utility. While the upgraded character is in alt mode, it has tough one. And while the upgraded character is in bot mode, it has bold one. I think this is this card is more of a product of the fact that a lot of the sets are designed for limited, like they to where they work out of like pulling out of the pack so this kind of feels like a you have to have a type of effect for like sealed play because yeah you don't have to flip for the tough but or have a armor for say combat combat training but i i don't think this that those cards would see play even if it didn't require that so i don't really 
I don't think I think this car is just more of a necessity for sealed. Yeah, the power level of this car is not very high. You can you can get a stronger effect out of your utility slot from a lot of other cards. So the the tough one or bold one isn't super relevant. It's it's definitely a limited card. Yeah, <clears throat> I I think it's be awesome and limited. I also I think it's interesting that like you could pair it with something like you could stack it with a character uh, like Night Racer, right? Who already has tough one in alt mode and has bold and and can get bold one in bot mode. So it kind of like stacks those abilities together, kind of like to try to maybe you could make some kind of critical mass with this. I don't know. I'm I'm really more just spitballing. I think this card is cool. It's interesting. Uh, I do think most like similar card to is maybe combat expertise, the rare from wave one. Um, which gives you a bold one if you have a weapon, I believe, and tough one if you have an, an armor. But uh, I think this one is probably a little bit better, even if it's in the same vein. I'm not particularly excited to play this anything, but I will. it will always go into my sealed deck. Yeah, it really does feel like a limited thing. I will say the art is kind of interesting because it has tracks going into his three modes, the car mode. Tracks! That's yeah. who it is. I could, it was bugging me. I could not identify the character. Oh, the, the wings. Yeah, then it goes into car wing. mode with wings, which is a G1 throwback, and then he flies up and then delivers flying kick. I will say, like, when he's the car with wings, it looks like one of the wings is melting or something. Like, it doesn't <laughs> look quite right, but... I, I think it's in mid-transformation. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, our next card is Nitro Booster. It's a rare utility upgrade. It's a double black pip with the second black being specific to cars. So... When the upgraded character attacks and has three attack or less, untap it and scrap this card. I think this card is really neat. Obviously, it goes into Car's deck. It's not going to be very effective in a lot of other decks, at least not for the black pips that you're trying to get out of it. I, I really like double pip cards, like double in the same color pip cards for no stars. It's super useful. This is good for defense for uh, a little bot that they can attack and then untap and then whoever you attacked with before again is whoever you're using to tank in other words is having to tank again uh the card would be busted if it just said untap and it didn't get scrapped so that's why it has to be scrapped in a turn you have to put it on a, on a really little bot so it's ob i think it's pretty obvious that it goes in a deck that's based on pierce otherwise this character that you're attacking with that's only three attack or less isn't even getting any damage. I do like untap effects, right? Like turbo boosters and starter engines are obviously powerful. Ready for action is an obviously powerful card. If that card wasn't a blank pip, it'd be everywhere, right? Um, I think that nitro booster is interesting, and that is another untap effect that can kind of go on any archetype, right? Like it may say car in the pip, or may show car. This doesn't technically say car. It's more like the icon. <laughs> but um, the fact that it, it – like that is there, but – I like that you don't necessarily have to play it in, the, in a car's archetype. I think this card will be great and limited when you open it because you can untap your smaller characters. Um, I also think that it's an interesting thing to, to do. Like there are there are more characters who can have less than three attack and really be orange beaters. I think the cards that come to mind are Lionizer and Demolisher firsthand. Like those cards, even if you put something like an Erratic Lightning on those characters – their uh, base attack is still three or less, and getting extra attacks out of something like that is massive. It's super huge. Um, 
Whereas a blue-black deck that's more defensive with smaller characters, I think, is also something that could use this. And I think it should be noted, just for the viewers in case this isn't obvious to them, is that the window at which this checks if the character has three less attacks will be before you flip. So the oranges you flip during combat will not be adding to the attack when the Nitro Booster untapped checks. That's something that's that does make the power level much higher. That's an important distinction for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm dumb. That went right over my head. My apologies. Oh, that's okay. You're not dumb. It's just it's easy to miss. I actually think that this reminds me a lot of Ready for Action um, in a lot of ways because most of the characters that you can untap with Ready for Action kind of fall into this category of three attack or less. Not all of them, but I actually have been wondering about a orange black bugs deck and then using this with kickback and Mm. yeah like hey we're going to swing for a ton and then you're not going to be able to hit him because he's untapped and now i'm going to do it again um and it's all orange black pierce i don't know this card is rather interesting to me i think as richard said Demolisher is a great fit, and I'm sure that there's other characters that we're not thinking about as well. Uh, so I actually think this card is going to break orange, black. As you've stated already, Lionizer, Demolisher, Kickback, like all of the ones that have zero attack there, this this card is insane with them. And basically, this and Horrible, I think, is probably going to be enough of a factor to where orange, black can probably co- overcome their weakness to orange now because like just discard anytime you draw it oh you're you're instantly whiter all you have to do is play it you're guaranteed damage because you're orange black anyway and then you untap and then they have to swing into your alignizer or whoever you threw out to begin with and if it's a titan master then you get more attack so it's this this card is very be on the lookout for this card this card is going to break open that deck easily and i would know because i'm the i'm the resident team member who's been exploring the orange-black stuff. So, yeah, this card is really, really good. The next card we have is Concealing Comtrails. <clears throat> In an interesting parallel to the previous spoiler, it, too, is a tribal uh, double-black pip, where the first black is guaranteed for anyone who flips it, but the second black pip is only guaranteed for characters who have the plain uh, trait. Interestingly, I don't know if you get this guy, if this was, like, apparent to you guys, but uh, weirdly enough... The pip that has the tribal icon in it is the second one on Concealing Contrails, where it's the top one on Nitro Booster. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. That is weird. That's so weird. I, 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 don't, I don't know if that's intentional or not. My guess is it was kind of like accidental. But regardless, what the card actually does is it's an uncommon secret action that you reveal one of your characters defends and you flip battle cards. So when you reveal it, that defender gets plus one defense to end of turn for each black pip you flipped. So it basically turns black pips into into extra blue pips while you're on defense when you have concealing contrails, which means your blue-black pip cards, something like Steady Shot or Point Position, actually function as double blues in your deck, which could be really awesome. And blue-black is definitely something that Planes is interested in doing with Windsweeper and Flipstream moving damage, kind of like that that kind of like nickel and diming type game. Uh, this card is interesting to me. Yeah, so I'm a pretty big fan of this card. Really wanting to try it out in 
the planes deck with windsweeper and slipstream and like you were saying the the nickel and diming lots and lots of pierce as much as you can but the problem with planes is they're so fragile so you definitely need cards like this i wish it had a green pip on it to really push it over the edge into yeah we're gonna like be running quite a few of those because yes it can help black piercing planes so much however the fact is without a green pip you could go three matches in a tournament without seeing this and that could be pretty problematic that's totally true i didn't think about that well i think you could say that about any card really i mean if yes if your deck is relying on on seeing this card then that's a mistake but when you do see it it's going to be a very powerful effect if you're if every time that you play this down, I mean, it's like a massive hidden fortification type card or something. Like every card you're flipping is a is a double blue ish pip kind of card. That would be a really big deal. Oh yeah, and and the fact that it plays around belligerence because you're it's giving the black pips plus one defense. <laughs> so it's like it, it gives in blue blacks an inherent type of out to belligerence, and on top of the fact that. It will if you flip concealing contrails in your on your defense, then it will give you plus two defense because the plain one, uh, it doesn't give you the one, but it does still count for the effect that you flipped one. So you will get yeah, two defense. That's so, so yeah, all true. The, so all the double blues that have a trait or or all the double blacks, excuse me, that have a trait are really really solid with this card because this is Night Racer. <laughs> yeah, I've got some ideas. I bet you do. Okay, so the next card we have is Spy Satellite Uplink. And this was revealed just a few days ago. And I will say I love the picture on this. I don't know what it is about satellite dishes, but I just think they look really cool. There's a comet going by in the background. Anyways, this is an uncommon black pip, green pip as well. Upgrade utility that gives plus one attack, which is kind of rare for utilities to do that, but it is becoming more and more common. Enemies cannot use brave or stealth against the upgraded character. This is a great sideboard card. Um, maybe not now, but in the future, I really feel that this will be. There are some cards that have stealth that you would love to just be able to take out. Or there's a brave character like Ultra Magnus protecting another character that you want to get to, but you just can't because you have to deal with Ultra Magnus first. Um, this is a great way around those problems. And I know that we saw an, an action that was similar to this in Wave 3, I believe. Uh, but this is even better. Yeah, the plus one attack is really what pushes it, pushes it over the edge because battlefield scan is good for wheel turns, but I don't I don't think you you can really expect too many wheel turns in this game at this point that are two or more characters. But yeah, this this card is definitely going to see play, especially in the airstrike mirrors because good God, that is dumb. So you'll pick me up tonight at seven forty-five. Oh well, no, I got a few things that to take care of first, but what, why don't we make it quarter to eight? I think this card would be more relevant in that sort of case if you could play it on turn one when all of the characters are stealth except for one, like the General Optimus or something like that. 
but but if you can play it on turn two or turn three or turn four, it doesn't really matter because they've already exposed the character that they want you to attack. So stopping stealth or brave in that case isn't as big of a deal, but it is a very good cyborg card because of the green pip. So in those niche cases where you really have to stop bravery, you really need to stop stealth because it's super important in this particular matchup, then that this card's really going to shine there, I think. Yep, I mean, I, I think that Airstrike Mirrors are the first place that appeared, you know, kind of like popped into my head where this might be useful. The idea that you could take out opposing Raider Tailwinds before that ability was really relevant and then kind of exacted a lot of the torture on you that flipping those green pips does. But uh, being able to take out Raider Tailwind before you kind of really get punished by his ability, like kind of spreading that that Lord-type effect to the other Airstrike Patrol is just going to be huge. The amount of tempo that it earns you is enormous. Um, I don't think there are too many Braver Stealth characters that um, are kind of crushing the game at the moment. I do think that um, this could still be useful if, like, Aerial Bots ever rises back to the top, being able to ignore... Fireflight, I believe his name is, the Brave Plane. I always just call him the Brave Plane. I can't help myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, getting rid of that. Uh, Maybe if, like, Hiding Spot or Bravery or those type of effects, um, like, ever become prevalent in the game, I feel like this could be good against them. Yeah, I mean, I like this card. So the next card that we have is Paralyzo Box. Uh, It is a white-green, and the green has a ranged hybrid icon on it. And it is a weapon. When you're up, when you upgrade your character attacks, choose a battle icon color. Then your opponent reveals the top card of their deck. If it has a battle icon of the chosen color, the upgraded character gets plus four until end of battle. And it has no static uh, stats, which that's that's really good because um, <laughs> plus four is pretty good as is. The only problem I really have with it is there's not only is mixing col- pip colors just becoming more prevalent now with um things like focus or just however many pips there are on a card. Like you can also hit things like white cards or backup beams in an or- in an orange deck or sparring gears in a blue deck. So I, I don't think you're going to hit the plus four all that often, but it's still pretty strong for a plus four weapon that you can grab with a range character. Yeah, I think that this isn't going to be particularly effective most of the time. You wouldn't want to play it in an aggressive deck because you could just use grenade launcher um, in a in a non-aggressive deck. There's better options that can guarantee you damage. There, there's times when this would be good. I mean, I guess if you're playing uh, the promo sound wave, then this is useful. Otherwise, otherwise you're you're going to miss too often. It's going to feel bad when you miss and you played this upgrade and you don't even get any effect out of it. I think one of the most powerful things about this card is it has kind of that, like, it exists effect on it. So what I mean by that is this card is, interestingly enough, powerful because it is an incentive against uh, monocolored decks dominating the format, right? If your deck becomes too consistent in that, like, the number of flips that it's trying to do, like, if if it's streamlined very, very much to one direction then uh, Paralyzo Box will make its way into the metagame as a way to kind of combat you and will ultimately kind of make that rock, paper, scissors of matchup games start to rotate once more. I think that's a really interesting thing to have in the game. I think it's a very good thing to have in the game. And the other thing I think is important to mention about this card is I didn't think they were going to give us conditional green pips based on the tags or the traits, right? 
green pips are so powerful. They're so interesting. But I think that if you like having having the capability, they've printed it and shown us now that you can give us green pips that are conditional. They only apply in certain scenarios. Uh, I think that that's a that's a really interesting way to increase deck diversity if you print a card that has uh, that type of effect on it. I also think it's a way to buff certain like tribes, right? So we've talked about before that ranged is clearly the best as far as the combat tribes go. But they could do one of these for wreckers, right? Like they give green pips to good cards for wreckers, or they could do it for melee or specialists to help them kind of catch up a little bit in the combat tribe race. Yeah, I, I like a lot of what this card implies or kind of like suggests more than what it actually does itself. Like the context around it is more interesting to me. Yeah, that that's really well said, Richard. Um, I feel that this is a cyborg card at most. Um, if you're go if you're playing Airstrike Patrol and you're going against Orange Black Pierce you could easily side this in and take them to town. You just say black because uh, even their, some of their white pips are black also because they run three swerve, you know, just for the pips. That's basically why that deck exists. So it feels like a good counter to that deck. And I agree. It kind of helps stabilize the metagame from slanting too far in one direction or the other. Next, we have High Five. It has a green pip. It's an action. It says, choose two of your characters. If they share a trait, repair one damage from each of them. And traits appear with icons under character names. So this is sort of a better medic because it repairs two, but it does it to two characters, and you can pick it up. Uh, you could pick it up with your green pip. I, I, I do have a question for our lore master. <laughs> I, I was unaware that every Transformer had five fingers to have a high five. I thought some of them had less. Some of them do. Some of them don't have fingers at all, like uh, Shockwave. Or Whirl. Yeah, or Whirl. Or Scorponok is a perfect example. So what would you rename this card? Um, slap hands. Sla- <laughs> but but if they're claws, <laughs> they're not hands. Oh my god! Uh, what slap a conundrum. appendages. Slap appendages. Slapping. Slamming. Uh, slapping. I think like cool, bro. That that that'd be a good one. <laughs> what about what about like hug it out? Hug it out. They they have to give each other a hug. Yeah, <laughs> you can hug with like all the other random appendages that that transformers have, right? As far as high five goes, the actual card. Um. This is fine. Uh, this card's nothing particularly special. I will play it in several of my limited decks because those can be kind of grindy, particularly if there's a lot of black pips in the format. Green pips are very powerful. It's hard to ignore that. Uh, I just don't know that this card is really any better than, say, like a Repair Bay, and Repair Bay already doesn't see any play. Um, and that card just excites me a lot more than this. I... Mm, who knows? Maybe if there's something there... It's another mono green pip, so... Maybe there's something there with Wave 4 um, Chop Shop, Raider Chop Shop, who, who wants you to discard mono green pips to help like heal your team too across the board. And it kind of continues his theme by also being a heal itself. Uh, that card is really cool. I've played a lot of it in the Junkion, like Popper format. And um, you can't play this card in it necessarily, but uh, I think that that's something to explore going forward and keep an eye out for. 
Yeah, the I, I, I want to point out that the picture is Monso, and I'm not sure if that's Grax or someone else um, that he's high fiving. Is it Kreb? It, it might be Kreb, but doesn't have the. Uh, yeah, it the, didn't have the, the hair. Yeah, and it doesn't have the like thing old. on the side of her uh, cheeks. So I don't know. Maybe Flintlock. I. It's hard it looks to say. Like Flintlock. Yeah. So, but anyways, I I find it <laughs> funny that they are high fiving and they're like, "Hey, we repair one damage, both of us." When if they were damaged at all, they're probably dead. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is a flavor fail. Yeah, uh, th- uh, I think this card is definitely going to see play in limited because when uh, Rest and Relaxation was in Wave 2, that card put in a lot of work. But granted, that format was that limited format was incredibly slow. So, uh, yeah, it's if consider it. Consider it for your sealed pool, at least. It's, it's not as bad as you may think in sealed. All right, well, I think we should move on to the final battle card of the week, which is Hand-to-Hand Combat. Uh, hand-to-hand combat is a uh, it's an uncommon action. You get a blue pip if you're melee, and then it says choose one of your characters. When it attacks this turn and doesn't have a weapon, it gets plus three attack until end of battle, and you scrap all of the defender's weapons. So in a melee-focused deck that doesn't necessarily want to be attacking with weapons, this looks kind of like an uh, additional copy of Leap into Battle, which I think is really cool, but you also get the added benefit of scrapping defenders' weapons. I know this is very good against any weapons that like add to defense, something like Ion Blaster of Optimus Prime. None of the other one, no other ones come to my mind at the moment, but I also think this is a, you know, this is a really effective way to get rid of stuff like Energon Axe and Blue Mirrors, if that's something you're looking to do, because that, that card is very often one of the deciding factors in who's winning. Um, it can get rid of certain battle masters, uh, depending on if there's like a fire drive on the other guy or anything like that. I do think it's interesting that this card, because it wants you not to have a weapon, it's kind of encouraging you to lean further in the, into the defensive theme by playing maybe an armor with your upgrade phase during the turn you're playing it. Um, I mean, this is an interesting consideration. I don't know that... I think weapons generally have been the more pow- most powerful upgrade type thus far in the game. Yeah, I feel like it's a decent sideboard versus the mirror match if you're blue focused. Just anything that like gets rid of your opponent's weapons is pretty cool. And then the added bonus of a free leap into the battle on top of that. Um, I'm actually not really that big of a fan of this card because you don't even if you have a weapon, you don't get any of the effects at all. You don't get plus three, you can't scrap any weapons, so if you're already loaded up, this card does nothing. But what this card does do is it, it makes your little guy's attacks matter in the blue mirror. So plus three may not do that much defense. You might do one or two. But if you're attacking into their big boy and you scrap their weapon, then that'll do probably enough. It'll, it won't, it's obviously not as good as the bigger they are, but I think it does enough in what it has to do. When you're swinging on your first turn, if, if you're the second to go, this is a a good leap into battle effect. You could run an extra copy or two of this in your deck so you have more chances to draw that. Plus, I, I found a lot of times when I'm playing blue that I, the blue deck is based on defense, so you're not playing weapons every attack. It's, you know, when you're playing orange, you're you're trying to play grenade launcher or power punch or something of that ilk. 
every every turn to squeeze out every single point of damage that you can. And blue, you're not always doing that. You're trying to make sure that you can survive the swing back or take no damage on the swing back. So sometimes you just really don't have weapons on your characters. So so this is going to be effective a lot of times in that case, and it doubles down as a vaporize on your opponent's weapon. So I think this is a really useful card. I am interested to see how this card interacts with Sturdy Javelin on a ranged character. Um, so it it has it checks the trigger. So if it, it's not it's not an actual trigger itself, it checks when it triggers. So okay. you wouldn't be able to throw javelin and then get the effect. That's unfortunate because that would be really cool, and it would also be another incentive to play it in blue. Um, I do yeah. think that if you were gonna play defensively, you know, I don't know, maybe drop three copies of extra padding onto uh, your big boy and then play hand to hand combat. That that's a pretty nice turn, kind of play both roles in both offense and defense. I think the real cost of this card is that the blue pip is only on melee. Agreed. That's what I think. Uh, I think it's basically a blank in most of the common archetypes, and that's going to really hurt it. But I do think it's going to be great and sealed. Another card that's great and sealed. For sure. Uh, kind of closing things out, we still don't really have any viewer questions yet. Um, I'm really, no, I'm really pushing the buck on this. I'm really trying to get people to interact with us in this way because we really, really have a desire to. We really want to know what you guys want us to talk about because – we care about the quality of the content we're putting out here. And you can go ahead and leave comments either on the YouTube video or you can message us in the Contact Us portion of the TransformYourGame.net website. In the future, you can also listen to this cast, the Transform Your Game podcast, on either SoundCloud or YouTube. Maybe it's the other one for you, whichever one works better for you. Uh, each of those has the same channel name as the site. Whatever's easy for you works. We're also working on getting the the podcast on other platforms in the middle of Apple Podcasts and potentially some other ones further down the line. Uh, you can find links to different places to find us on our website, actually, uh, something that just uh, recently got added. But that ought to do it for us for Episode 4. Thanks to everyone out there listening. If you find the input information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. Make sure to comment any questions you want us to answer next episode. And until next time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. <laughs>